the University of California Riverside presents Blue, Gold, and Black, the podcast that's dedicated to amplifying Black voices at UCR. I'm Dominique Bill from UCR's Community Engagement and Outreach Unit. In each episode, we'll be talking to UCR students, campus leaders, and community partners to explore the intersection of being Black and being a Highlander at UCR. And I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. Let's get started. Um, Thank you, Tamika Smith-Jones, for joining us on the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast. Um, We're super excited to amplify your voice today and talk about your role here at UCR as the athletic director. Um, We're also going to get a little bit of insight about your life growing up and how that's influenced you and how you're going to bring those experience here to UCR and how you're currently supporting our scholar athletes. Thank you so much, Tamika Smith-Jones. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dominique. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I'm just excited about the opportunity to share my story, but also to share the trajectory of our scholar athletes here at the University of California, Riverside. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and um, get underway. So, uh, Ms. Jones, if you could, please tell us, who are you? Um, where do you come from? What were some of your defining moments throughout your childhood, and if you can, also sprinkle in um, your Black identity and how that formed and developed and was nurtured throughout your childhood as well, please. Yes, so I am Tamika Smith-Jones, and um, I was born in a humble family, a Baptist family. My parents were uh, ministers, and um, so that centered me in faith. Uh, also from Atlanta, Georgia, so the home of civil rights and a lot of the um, transformation that the world has experienced over the years. Um, so I got a mm-hmm. chance to to really grow up with my grandparents um, who lived with me for much of the time. I got I got a chance to grow up and visit them in Alabama, where my my parents were from. So um, mm-hmm. it's been a, a fascinating um, childhood to just be able to um, have each generation of you know yeah. my my lineage. Um, for me to tap into it. Um, my parents talked a lot about my grandparents, um, a great grandparents who I did not know um, and how strong they were and, and sharecroppers and, and their challenges and struggles um, and what they dreamed of us becoming yeah. as, you know, um, children of their, of their heritage. So um, I went to college in Alabama. I uh, started out, out, out at a predominantly white institution um, actually, a uh, fun fact is the institution that actual, um, the passing of a great legend, John Lewis, um, applied to, qualified from, for, and did not get accepted into, and neither had a black student during the 50s um, had that privilege. And that was Troy wow. State University. And um, wow. hearing that story and his passing and understanding that I was the dream that he had back then that he couldn't fulfill, but I was able to fulfill during the 90s when I was a a freshman and sophomore at Troy State University. I was a full scholarship athlete. Um, I had a great, fascinating time there. Mm. Uh, Great um, scholarship, Mm. great academics, great um, sport, Division I, um, great sisters and and other, you know, campus classmates and uh, other athletes that are part of my, you know, family now. But um, I was missing um, something, and I did not know what it was at that time. But um, I ended up transferring after my sophomore year and went to Alabama A&M University and, and also in Alabama. So 
Um, Alabama was a sweet spot because it wasn't too far from home, but it was far enough my parents couldn't get to me every day, right? Right. Um, and so um, Alabama right, and right. a historically <laughs> black college and university was an awesome, awesome opportunity. Um, they gave me a second chance because I left uh, one love and, and, and sought out for something that I didn't even know what I was looking for at the time. But it was it was really trying to find, you know, my blackness, my completeness, you know, yeah. who I was as a as a full person. And so um, I just can't be more thankful for my coaches at Troy University um, and mm. my coaches at, at Alabama a and who just, you know, opened their doors to me, um, showed me um, a life that I did not, you know, anticipate. Um, and a lot of that came from the upbringing that my, my father had, that he gave me a basketball and, and said that this basketball can take you, um, this talent and skill can take you um, to college, to higher education. And so um, mm. that's, that's, you know, been my journey, the, you know, the student athlete experience. I mean, it's been, it was a phenomenal experience, um, but right. I, I really relate to our student athletes today. And I've been at about five institutions. And so each of them are unique, but they all have same similar experiences when it relates to, you know, finding themselves, finding their voice, finding who they are outside of sport, you know, being being ambassadors and not just um, yeah. players on their campuses. So um, I really prided myself and my leadership to make sure that um, we are able to um, give our student athletes the love and the support and the guidance that they need. And that's what I look for in coaching hires. That's what I look for in our support yeah. staff. Um, and we've been very fortunate at Riverside to build that in the last five years during my tenure. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> talking about your college experience, I think we're going to unpack that a little bit because I think it's important for students to kind of gain some perspective on what it was that you were searching for and what it was that you were really yearning for. And I think that yearn, you know, from previous conversations we've had, I think that yearn really comes from, you know, the positive reinforcements that were instilled to you as a child, as you mentioned, being able to grow up with your your grandparents and being able to see multiple generations is, is really such a fortunate opportunity to be able to kind of look at the world around you and put it in context. Can you talk more about who was your inspiration in sport? And as a young black woman growing up and maneuvering through that sport type of realm, what were kind of some of the things that were eye-opening to you in terms of your blackness, but also your womanhood, which is obviously intertwined with that experience? Absolutely. Um, so I have to say, my, my dad gave me the ball, but my grandmother was an absolute right. sports fanatic. And um, again, mm. you know, didn't have an education, a high, even a high school education. She earned her, uh, her sure. high school diploma after um, at 60 years old. And so um, that's how, wow. you know, that's how important education was to our family. But, the, you know, yeah. the, the experiences and opportunities were different in, in her day and age. Um, but she loved the Braves. And and I, I recall um, working during the summers in, in Atlanta and working at the Braves Stadium and one of her, for her birthday, I got mm. her tickets to come to her first, not just a professional game, but any, you know, sporting event outside of her wow. TV screen. Um, and she was fascinated right. by it. And um, it was just one of those things as her grandchild to be able to give her that experience and her being able to see mm. um, that was was such a special place. But um, 
she watched sports every day. I watched it with her. I kneeled down beside her and watched it with her and um, did not wow. know how impactful that would be in um, me growing up in, a, in the profession now. Um, but right. it was something that kept me in conversation. It kept me in tune to it. We talk about who was playing what. She would watch the NBA. She would, you know, um, watch the football games, anything that was going on. So today I am a bona fide sports fanatic. And But right. it doesn't stop with sports for me. It's it's the access to education through sports yes. that is so yeah. um, valuable. And I, I just try to make sure that that didn't get lost because it was it was a great opportunity for me growing up. It's a great opportunity mm-hmm. still for our student athletes that we recruit now. And I've got mm-hmm. a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old coming up, and I'm, I'm showing them that it's a great opportunity for them as well. But to answer your question about, you know, just what I was feeling even in, in my time of playing sports, um, I didn't yeah. see a lot of professional yeah. sports, uh, women in professional sports, you know, playing, you know, the WNBA mm. did not exist when I was in, okay. in high school and college. Um, and so to see where wow. sports okay. has grown yeah. today is uh, amazing. And I've had an opportunity to be a part of the NCAA Women's Basketball Committee. That's like, it's the pinnacle of mm. a former student athlete, a former coach. Um, and now I'm, I'm with right. my colleagues, 10 selected across the nation to identify the best 64 universities to compete for the national championship. And so that experience has wow. been phenomenal. I couldn't have imagined that. It's another dream that I didn't even, you know, have that came true. And yeah. um, it's, it's one of those things where for the UC Riverside, it brings exposure. It elevates our profile. It um, it shows the great work that our basketball programs have done over the years. Um, and it right. just gives us a, a, a seat at the table. And even though I can't necessarily on that committee uh, speak to my team, um, I, I feel mm-hmm. a lot of pride and a lot of joy being able to watch the landscape of women's basketball unfold. These women go professional now. Um, something that I right. did not, you know, do. I went professional in, in higher ed, but um, yep. it's, it's really re- remarkable to see, you know, the journey and, and how some things you can map out for yourself and some things, you know, it takes opportunity. And, you know, I think that's a big part of what we have to give to our student athletes today is, is that yeah. out- opportunity outside of just, you know, dribbling, you know, the ball, you know, they, yeah, they can and- be, they and can be know, athletic I, directors. They can be, you right. know, uh, exactly. They can they can be, you know, more than than players. They're ambassadors for our program. And I think one of the more interesting things that you kind of mentioned throughout uh, what you were saying is just how your father kind of taught you, like, this is an opportunity. Um, it's fun. It's a talent, but. Let's utilize this talent for the greater good, if you will, which is kind of like your education. And so Mm -hmm. I know when it comes to student athletes, I grew up a student athlete. I played football throughout high school and a little bit um, at my small D3 college that I attended. Um, And, you know, especially within the black community, right, we always want to inspire young black boys and young black girls um, and anyone in between that. You don't have to just dribble a ball to make it out or you don't just have to be a singer or a rapper. But at the same time, there is a very objective reality in which that 
this is the student's opportunity to actually go out and obtain those things past being just the singer, the rapper, the ball player, et cetera. So could you kind of break down your thoughts on how to balance out the fact that, you know, a lot of our young black scholar athletes have these great talents, but how can you instill in them that there's so much more to them besides their talents that might help them gain success, right? How can they really utilize those talents to open up other doors for them that aren't necessarily just related to their specific sport or talent? Absolutely. I I feel very strongly about being a model and an illustration of hope for our student athletes. I think it's, I think it's very important to have representation. Mm. So I'm very conscious of, you know, the way I build my team and staff to support them. Um, And I I believe they should see themselves. I I believe they should be, you know, we should be approachable and accessible that they can ask questions. They could, you know, learn on the job. Sport is their job. It's the access to their education. And so um, those are things that I I really take um, to heart and take really seriously. Um, I spent a lot of my time on campus um, advocating for them as scholars, not as athletes. Mm. I advocate for them as yes. scholars because they're the best and the brightest. Absolutely. We have 17 sports and, and th- mm. we have them all above 3.0 GPA. When I arrived at Riverside, we had a cumulative across GPA. all sports, across all sports, across all sports. When 3.0 I arrived at all student three, athlete across all sports, 3.0. Student all now, hold, hold, hold up, Ms. Jones. Go ahead and give yourself a round of applause. Go ahead and give yourself it, a round of applause. A you know what I'm effort, saying? And I'm going to take one yeah. for the team and give us a round of applause. But when when, yeah. when I got here five years ago, our, our cumulative GPA was a 2.7. And we were a UC. Wow. And, and we talked yeah. it being a UC. And I was all for, you know, the proud UC yeah. version. But, you know, I had come from historically black colleges and universities where we were hovering over the 3.0 GPA. Yes. So I was expecting more. And I think it speaks yeah. to, you know, when you talk about wow. looking at our student athletes more than just athletes, I think it, you know, they will rise to mm. the occasion. They will rise to the level of expectation. And yes. um, collectively we decided that we had expectations for this program. And we have, mm. we have ticked and made marks on every expectation um, as a result of a lot of intentionality, as a, a result of a lot of care and concern for the culture that we're building, as a result of being really sincere right. about making sure our student athletes are not prepared for sport, but prepared for life. And so when you mm. think about, you know, how do we yeah. do that? It's building relationships with the faculty, with the deans. We have dean mixers where our student athletes get a chance to mm. engage with the deans of the colleges and the the faculty of those nice. colleges in a way that, you know, breaks down that uneasiness and that anxiety. Can you imagine a 18 to 22 year old trying to speak to a, you know, professor, doctorate, you know, level, you know, person and, and yeah. really and, trying you to. Know, and I think it speaks to all of the great work that you're doing, because even when I kind of put myself back into where I was, like my mentality was when I was in undergrad, I wouldn't think that I'd just be able to hop on a Zoom call with the athletic director of the Mm -hmm. institution and get support. I didn't think I'd be able to just go knock on the head of an academic department and 
get the support that I needed. And so it's it, it's so critical that you're kind of creating those opportunities for your mm-hmm. students to actually show and teach them like this is how you move in a room full of people who that's right. have access to resources, that's who right. can create opportunities for you. I just I think that's amazing. Yeah. And and let me say this. Um, we are teaching them how to move in a room and, and confidently um, every day. Yeah. And what I what I inherited at UC Riverside five years ago, when I look out into my student population, student athlete population, even my coaches yeah. and staff, they they have a different swag. They have a different mm. swag. You know, it okay. is it is it is amazing. It's beautiful to see. And one of the things that I talk to them about often is that we set them up for success. I have to set the coaches up for success. I have to set the staff up for success. I have to set the student athletes up for success. The coaches set mm. the student athletes for up for success. I have a tall job and responsibility, but I I I take it in stride and I and I am I am all in with it to make sure that everyone grows. Everyone get this has a good time while we're doing it. That's important. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, athletics is a place where we we build community. We come together. So being able to engage with our campus organizations, our community that we live mm. in in Riverside, um, and then ultimately the goal is graduation, right? Yes, But ma'am. it goes beyond that for me. It is about making sure that our student athletes are feel like they're gro- global leaders, that they have all the skills and all the resources and all the tools that they need to be whatever they want to be after sport. And so I spent a lot of time writing letters of recommendation, um, connecting them to other people, whether it's on campus or in my national associations and affiliations, but they know they can count on me and other senior leaders and their coaches to, um, you know, help them on this journey. I, I felt it as a student athlete. I understood what I was missing at Troy. Mm-hmm. I understood what I got at Alabama A&M. And I just try to provide mm-hmm. every day those things for our student athletes. Yeah, and so if if we can, because we kind of got a little a, a little bit removed from it, but I, I definitely want you to talk about your experience from making that transition from Troy University um, to Alabama A and M, and kind of just the impact that had on you, and kind of how that impact then influenced how you started to move in the direction you started to take your life after um, completing your undergrad career. Yeah. So um, again, Troy, Troy was a beautiful time. It was it was a, an mm-hmm. amazing opportunity. Um, it, I played at the highest level. I remember taking trips to Hawaii. Where Hawaii's in our league now in the Big West, and um, flying cross country, doing that with my teammates and having a lot of fun yeah. and um, playing some of the top teams in the nation, um, ACC teams. Yeah. Um, and, and so, what I was missing at Troy though was. Um, the relatability, you know, someone that I mm. really could, felt like I could, you know, connect with. Um, I was right. recruited by a black coach. Yeah. And Coach K is my favorite person of all times today. And we stay in contact with each other. We see each other yearly at the final, Women's Final Four. Um, wow. But again, the black coach was almost like the black athlete, voiceless, you know, Um Okay, so yeah. should we talk about that? You know, 
Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So go saying. ahead. No, this, go ahead and unpack what, that a little this, bit. This, this, uh, is, this is what I'm saying. So, you know, the, the student athlete, the black student athlete, I am she. I'm not speaking to anybody. I'm not an yes. expert in blackness for anybody, but my own experience, right? The black Absolutely. student athlete. Absolutely. I equated as parallel to the black coach back in the 90s when I was in, 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 in undergrad. Mm. And so my coach, they put her out there to find us. She found us, made us comfortable, signed the agreement, and it's on, right? And what I was finding in that experience, right. though, was, you know, I was kind of silenced. And I, and I didn't really, you know, and I've always been the person that would speak up and stand up you know, responsibly, mm. um, as, as just the mm -hmm. natural born leader that I, that I have, I, I was, and then one that I have worked on over the years professionally. Um, but I, I realized that there was a difference and I was not being fully who I could be and that I was being in some ways suppressed, okay. um, as a person, not intentionally, I right. don't think, but you know, I couldn't mm -hmm. unpack and embody and understand all of that then but fast forward 20 years yeah i understand as the first african-american female division one athletic director appointed in the state of california how mm. that feels when hold up hold up real quick let us get okay. another round okay. of applause for saying, that. You know what I mean? It's okay to I, pat yourself on the back I, sometimes. I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> it's, saying. It's a, anytime you have the opportunity to be the first black anything, anything, I don't care if you're the first black person to turn on a TV, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it should right. be celebrated. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I just try to make sure that I am not the last. I have uh, one of my student athletes that came up to me maybe two years ago. <laughs> She's graduated now that said, um, I never even thought about being an athletic director until you became an athletic director. I, now I want to be an athletic mm. director. Amazing. Wasn't even a, a black student athlete. And Instant impact. Instant impact. And, and when I tell instant. you, it just warmed my heart. And this has never been black and white for me. It's been about humanity. And so mm. I didn't know in the 90s sure. going to a predominant white institution that it was black and white. I really didn't. I, I was mm -hmm. sheltered. I was in a safe space in my in, in, growing up with my parents. And this was my real experience coming mm -hmm. on college campus and being able to see the difference, feel the difference. And so we're very conscious of how our student athletes perceive things and how we make mm -hmm. them feel in, in our environment. And um, I think that's a lot to do with, you know, some of the leadership that we've hired during my tenure who have been former student athletes who have been in athletic administration, so they've seen a lot of this, who have played rec sports, um, and, and they get it, that these right. student-athletes want to be, you know, they deserve to be um, embraced fully who mm -hmm. they are, no matter their, their um, ethnicity, no matter their, you know, sexual identity, you know. Right. You know, we, we've got to lead in love, and we've got to make sure that all of them are different. I have 350 student-athletes. I can't mm. lead and guide them all in the same way. We put our right. five core priorities up for athletics um, mm -hmm. in front of them every day, but they each need something different. And sure. we've got to make sure that we're putting the people in front of them that will take the time to listen to them, to hear them, to connect with them, to, you know, for many of us, unlearn some things 
um, you know, the beauty of being yes. at a UC Riverside is it's the multicultural, you know, environment where you get to celebrate right. everybody. And we've right. implemented that in our game day experiences in athletics. We have a heritage mm-hmm. series where, which was birthed out of the, the response to me wanting to, the, the, the um, community wanted to celebrate black history, you know, month and wanted me on different platforms. And I was like, that's good. But what are we doing with our, you know, Latino brothers and sisters? What are we doing with, you know, um, our native, native American brothers and sisters. And so with that, I just put that in front of my, my senior leadership team and said, let's start our heritage series. It can start with me and black history. I understand that. Mm. Um, but let's do it for, you know, other ethnicities as well. And so we have, uh, we had a, a Native American student athlete on our volleyball team. We got her nice. tribe to come out and do a powwow during halftime. Oh, wow. It was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. We get the the African um, student organizations to come and do their chants and dances. The you know yeah. Greeks to come and do their yeah. steps and things like that. And it just build community and build build family. And right. that's what our student athletes need to see and be able to feel like they can identify and that they're embraced in their culture, not having to step away. I think what I felt, you know, going to college was I had to leave my family or my culture or my experiences behind. It was really no place for that in the space that I stepped into. It was, it was what they had created. And because they had not integrated in a way that would you know, set me up for the best experiences or in success. I I had to find that. And when I tell you, when I went to mm. Alabama A&M and that HBCU experience, I, I, I owe them everything. And they still get checks from me as an alum because um, they, they Beautiful. gave, they, they nurtured t- me. <laughs> They nurtured me. I told my they, undergrad, stop calling me. Hey, <laughs> stop asking me for you. money. <laughs> no, they can't stop. You got to keep, got to keep sending it to them. But they nurtured yeah, me yeah. in a way that I knew I did not even know I was missing. They, they helped amplify my voice in a way that mm. I didn't even know was important or wasn't even essential right. um, at the time. Um, I was able to pledge the best sorority, Delta Sigma Theta sorority incorporated um, Delta Sigma Theta represent. Yes sir. yes, sir. Represent. And guess what? Go ahead and th- at Troy. Th- at Troy, they didn't even have them on the yard. So they I, didn't I mean, have I, them. They didn't have them on the yard. They didn't have them on okay. the yard. But okay. um, you know, since then they do have them now. And actually, one of my teammates, my former teammates, is my BFF. Um, she pledged Delta. Um, and you know, it, it's just you know, you fast forward and you see all the growth and maturation and the success, the challenges, you know, all of it is applicable to what we give our student athletes today and trying to have empathy and compassion for where they are, not for where we want them to be, not for who we want them to become, but, you know, from, from where they are, we take them. And let me tell you, I'm on a lot of recruiting, um, meetings and and intros with our student athletes when they're making a decision to come here i meet them i meet their parents and we promise them that we will send them back better 
that they would come back with a degree and that they would be better than they sent them to us. And, and I strongly believe that that is, that is important um, in that transition and in that maturation. And, and, it, and it really, you know, it comes down to, to almost parenting every day and, and, yeah. and, in, in, in a real way because um, you care for them and you want the best for them and sometimes they make decisions that may be off course but you have to be give them a second chance and um, yes. you, you have to just find a way to, to get them to um, stay focused on their goals and dreams and the beauty of it is they do it within a team they're not alone and so um, as, yeah. as the leader and director yeah. of the unit um, I just try to make sure that I insert myself in a way, like I was telling you, to, to make sure that they have access to me, that they know um, the, the, the support that I have and the interest that I have in them being who they um, seek out to be. And in that, you know, it's just amazing because very clearly, you know, and speaking for myself, but hopefully I can speak for some of our audience it's very clear how your life experiences and the things that you went through are now manifesting themselves and translating through the work that you're doing, right? Making sure that the sporting events are as multicultural and accepting as possible, making sure that you're exposing your students to, you know, higher up positions, meeting deans and provosts and et cetera, and creating those connections and teaching them how to navigate and move through. And so, you know, I, I just love how intentional that you are with your work and what you're trying to do within athletics at UCR as a whole. I just I think your life life uh, life's experiences really are coming out in the work that you're doing. I think it's a very, very positive thing for any student athlete, but in particular, our black student athletes who are considering coming to UCR. Um, these are the resources that you have available and the people that are here to care about you and let you know that you deserve success and they're not going to let you fail. Um, no. And you brought up that you're very, very involved in the recruitment process of student athletes, mm-hmm. which I think is super important and super critical. So if you could talk to our black scholar athletes who are interested in attending UCR, if you can talk to them, how, how does a black scholar athlete get recruited? Um, what are some of the things that a black scholar athlete needs to make sure that they have checked off on their list as they're getting ready to transition into um, higher, uh, higher level, higher education um, athletics? What are some tips and things that you can express to these black scholar athletes um, to kind of help them while they're still in high school or even at the community college level, really make sure that they're putting their best selves forward, not only in their academics and their athletics, but just in general? Absolutely. Um, Again, I am that black student athlete. um, And I, I tell you, you have to, you know, be comfortable in your own skin. That's, that's, I think the first mm. thing, you know, being comfortable, um, okay. showing up completely who you are every day and, and having that confidence. Um, sometimes it's not easy. And especially if you're the only one or yeah. you don't have, um, that, that representation or that mentor and that support. Um, and that's what we can provide to you and for you at a, a place mm. like the university of California, Riverside. Uh, the second thing I would mm. say is is um, knowledge is power, and, and education is key. And you, you learn as much as you can. I mean, I am always trying to, you know, inquire more. 
um, learn about, you know, different things that I may not be strong in to make sure that I'm, I'm continuing to become fully mm-hmm. who I can be. And so um, I would encourage them to um, get outside of their comfort zone from the standpoint if they're strong in English and not so strong in math, you know, work on the math, you know, get the tutor, get sure. the support that they need. Uh, we yeah. provide an excellent right. academic support service here at, at UC Riverside. Uh, we have struggled in, in some past years trying to make sure that we had all the resources that we need, whether it was human resources or um, fiscal resources to build programming to support our student athletes. But guess what? With a cumulative GPA of a 3.0, you think we might have mastered some of that now. And so um, we're here to support a little, and a little something because that's impressive. Something. That's but the but the the arc yeah. on campus, the academic resource center on campus is tremendous. The 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 um, mm. academic advisors in all of the colleges. We have a lot of our black student athletes uh, as well as others in the um, um, College of, of Humanities and 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 Sciences and um, right. you know business and so. We build real close relationships and partners with those with those colleges and deans. And so, um, the the last thing I would say is, you know, we're Division One program. We're we're mm. trying to we're striving to be the best in the Big West. So you've got to be um, yes, ma'am. Skilled on the court, skilled in the classroom, and and really ambassadors for our community. You're going to have a lot of people looking to you, up to you. A lot of press, a lot of media, a lot of marketing. Yeah. Um, and we want to make sure that we're attracting uh, not perfect people, people, but um, people that really have a desire to um, come and grow, come and graduate, yeah. but also be global leaders and come back and share with other student athletes um, their experiences and um, how they've gotten to be um, the successful um, people that they've become. So uh, Riverside is, is uh, rising and I'm just so fortunate to be a part of it and um, just a privilege to work with my colleagues on this campus. Um, my supervisor who hired me, Chancellor Kim Wilcox, um, and all of mm-hmm. the senior leadership teams, the cabinet. Um, I, right. I, we've had the dean of the medical school reach out to mm. student athletes who are interested in the School of Medicine. The dean that's what, reached yeah, out. That's what we need to see. That's what okay, we need to see. the dean reached out. Not, you know, an associate, not a faculty. Those they would reach out too, but I had the relationship with the dean. Dean Dees is actually my sorority right. sister. And so um, I sent her a oh. message saying, Can you reach out to one of our student athletes? They have some questions. Plug, and she plug did. her to the Blue Golden Black Podcast. You plug got her it. to the Blue Golden Black it. Podcast. Say no more. <laughs> say 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 no more. Yeah. But but yes. our 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 student athletes, especially our black student athletes, uh, they will definitely find at UC Riverside right now, um, faculty and staff and um, you know myself um, really take interest in um, making sure that they're successful and um, walking a mile in their shoes if we have to. Okay, and so we're coming up on the end of our time. This has been such a fascinating conversation. And so two, I want to end with two questions. My last question is going to have to do with what I like to call a little bit of black optimism with a little bit mm-hmm. of radical sprinkled in there, uh, sprinkled okay. in there. But this is more of a personal question to me. And, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. But uh, mm-hmm. I just want to ask, how familiar are you with the football talent in the IE? 
And uh, where does UCR stand on capitalizing on all of this homegrown talent that we have out here? I know this you might not have the best answer for this, but I got a shout out for the football players. I got a shout out for the football players. You know what? You know what? (laughs) I'm in year five at Riverside. I don't know how yeah. many times I had to answer this question <laughs> in year one. I hadn't even heard about yes. it. I hadn't even heard the question all of this year. And now you're going to end yeah. with this question? So, so, it's the second to last question. It's the, so, we're not so, ending so, on it, so, but I, so. I had to put on for football. Okay, okay, okay. You threw me the hardball first, though. So yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yes, I ma'am. love football. I love football. Mm. Every institution I have been a part of prior to UCR had football. UCR's football team was discontinued when I was born, 1975. (laughs) I have had the joy of speaking with many of the former players. Butch Johnson is one that lives in Texas, a brother who has been so supportive mm. and embraced me. We have had football reunions where they've come back. Right wow. now we have 17 sports that we yes. are striving to be the best in. We've only won seven championships yes. during my time. It, they, that is the most championships in our Division One history under any athletic director. However, hey, seven out of, we got 17 more. Seven in five got, years is good. Seven in five years is good. <laughs> but we've got 17 sports. So, I, so we've got, got a lot more work to do to build those sports up, fully fund them, yes, ma'am. give our coaches and student athletes what they need to be successful. If we want to increase the black male enrollment on this campus, football mm-hmm. is one of those sports that can do it really fast. But guess what? We're going to need a lot of support financially from every angle to satisfy that, that need. Yeah. But um, again, I, I am really excited about the 17 sports we do sponsor. All of them are thriving, and, and again, we're striving to be the best. And we've got seven championships right now under my leadership. We, we've got 10 more to go. Then we can talk football. Okay. Okay. So we lost, we, 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 we can't see Miss Tamika's beautiful face anymore, but she's still here. We have one more question for her um, that we're going to wrap up. And you don't have to spend too much time on this, uh, Miss Tamika. But um, like I said, I always like to end, you know, my conversations with people with like a little bit of black optimism, right? There's a lot that um, black people can say about being hopeful and optimistic for the future. And, you know, if it wasn't for our ancestors having that sense of optimism and hope, you know, me and you couldn't be here having this conversation. That's right. And so my question to you is, what is your, yes, ma'am. And my, so my question to you is, what is your most optimistic, and if you can, maybe sprinkle a little bit of radical in there, um, your most optimistic vision that you have for, you know, future generations of black scholar athletes here at UCR? My most radical vision for the student athletes, black student athletes um, at UCR, you know, to me, it's real simple, but it's very difficult. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I think um, I spoke to about my um, maturation as a former student athlete at a predominantly white institution, and that is um, the voice being amplified in a way that, you know, is taken seriously is, you know, as black student athletes, period, as student athletes, period, 
Um, I see sometimes how they can be marginalized. And that's why I talk so much mm. about the academic, you know, prowess of our student athletes, because them having a cumulative GPA of a 3.0 is no easy feat balancing the rigor of high academic, Absolutely. competitive division one, you know, sports and being, you know, the, the pressure of being ambassadors and being models for a campus of 25,000 students in a community. So, um, yeah. I, I really, I really hope that, you know, UCR will be a leader in the black students feeling like this is a place that they can come, they can thrive, mm. they can meet all of their goals, yes, um, that they don't have to consider being silent in times of injustice, that they will have mm. an amplified voice, that they will stand for all things and all people. Um, and I believe that together we can definitely make that change and make that change in this generation for generations to come. We have work to do still, but um, we've started the tough dialogues. We're listening um, to our yeah. students, our, our prospects, um, and, and finding active allies that we can be accountable for what we want to see um, and be the change that we want to see. Um, for our black students in particular, but for all of our students, I, it, you know, it takes all of us. And I think together yes, we have to be the change we want to see. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Uh, we've reached the end of our time with Miss Tamika Smith-Jones, the athletic director here at UCR. Thank you, Miss Tamika, for being on the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast where we're Amplifying the black voices here at Blue, UCR. Gold, and black. Um, I hope, yes, ma'am, we got to represent. We got to represent. We out here tight, you know? Um, so, you know, this was such a great conversation, and I think we can spend a lot more time diving deeper into some of the things that we talked about today. So, I'm going to ask for your commitment if you could, you know, commit yourself to being a, uh, making another guest appearance on the podcast in the future. Um, I think there's countless conversations that we can have about, you know, black student athletes and, you know, exactly what it is that we're trying to do to make sure that when they get to UCR, they're supported, um, they're helped, they're successful. Um, and we, like you said, we make sure we send them out of here better than what they came in. So, Thank you so much, Ms. Tamika. I my really pleasure. And I'll make sure I get time. some of my um, other friends like Dean Dees to, to reach out to you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I got so you. thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Blue, Gold, and Black. This program is produced by the Community Engagement and Outreach Unit of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of California, Riverside. Learn more about attending UCR by visiting admissions.ucr.edu. And be sure to check out the description for other useful links and resources. Help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing. And be sure to check out our podcast videos on YouTube. Catch you guys later.